the Serpent Temple podcast. This is our weekly review. This week, we're going to be looking at free albums. It's going to be Melakesh's Emissaries album from 2006, the album by Wyatt E. called Exile from Bain Neharot, released in 2017, and a recent album, which is by Vaconis, uh, released in 2021, called Odyssey. So, Floyd, what did you think of Emissaries? Uh, well, for the record, I feel like I'm, I'm in a Melakesh album at the moment. It's pretty warm out here in London. <laughs> We're in the in the big smoke. Um, I mean, the first thing I want to say about Melakesh really is um, I've never known a band to um, never write a shit riff. Yeah. Like literally, they I don't think they've ever written a shit riff. Like all the riffs are like stellar, like top notch, fucking guitar work. And I think um, there's a few on this album that I've just always was. Well, well, you know, I'm gonna get right fucking into this. What's my favorite track on the <laughs> album? I think mine's Lattice to Samaria. That's a great track. It's so good. My God. Yeah, Sand Grain Universe. Oh, that's so good. It's just got such a massive sound to it, and like it just builds to like this really simple groove, and it's just so fucking like euphoric. I fucking love that music so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, thing about Melakesh is. Um, it's, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the lead on the the pronunciation of most of the uh, <laughs> band members uh, lyrical matter because no doubt I will butcher it to fuck. Well, I'll, I'll let you know who they are. So obviously the the main the people the person that most people think of is Ash Ashmedi, who's the vocalist and guitarist. Um, he plays a twelve string. I didn't know that. And they've got keyboards and percussion, which I I haven't written a name for. Um, so maybe that's also. Ashmedi. You've got Moloch on guitars. Uh, he also does bazooki and some backing vocals. And then Al Hazred on the bass and vocals, also backing. And then Zool on the drums and percussion. Yeah, that's exactly what I've got listed down. Uh, shout out to Encyclopedia Metallum for uh, their, their, uh, their stellar uh, research. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, one thing actually when I was looking on their uh, Metallum was that um, I didn't know that um, Prescriptor McGovern from uh, Absu drummed on few of their earlier albums didn't know that yeah good drummer quite problematic guy which i'm not going to get into um i can't remember what the whole (laughs) 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 um i can't remember what the whole thing was with absu i think i remember hearing some stuff about like them maybe not being good towards women i don't know i haven't done my research it's been a long time since i've heard even the band so yeah yeah. oh dear me but no and um I feel like I'm always, um, my like takes on albums always seem to be similar. And like I had a similar thing when we were reviewing the Acker Cocker album. Um, but the deeds that go, words that go unspoken, deeds that go undone, almost <laughs> fucked that up. Um, <laughs> but the thing about this Melakesh album, I said the same thing about Acker Cocker, and I said the same thing about this album. I think this is like the best introduction album. This is such a good introduction album because it's so catchy and groovy. Yeah. And I feel like it's got combinations, it's got elements, it's a combination of elements from all their previous albums kind of amalgamated into one. Mm. And I think, like, I enjoy the later um, Melakesh albums, but I think they're a I bit more sprawling. I think it's a production thing as well. The yeah. production's easier to listen to. And this is, like, crystal clear. Oh, it's super crystal clear, like, exactly. Like, I had that written down as well. Like, I think just the guitar work is just so crisp and mm, it just sounds yeah. so easy to listen to. There's so many colors yeah. and it's not like there's no chaos or mud or clashing. It's all just like considering the amount of complexity that actually is there with all the instrumentation and the things going on, it's really masterfully done. And the writing is like 
in it's just amazing this is one of my favorite death metal albums yeah of all time yeah it's a good one because it's like um i always like bands that combine different elements and subgenres within the metal sphere and i think this is once again another great combination of kind of like death and even like death metal black metal it's got the whole um uh, middle eastern flair to it obviously yeah um and it's funny, isn't it? Because it's not really until I've really been speaking to, um, we've been doing this, that I've kind of realized through you guys how much uh, that, that that Middle Eastern or just Eastern music in general has had such an impact and such an influence on Western music in general yeah. without Western music even realizing it. Yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. It's mad. And, like, you know, this is an amazing example of how fantastic Eastern music is um, and how, like, how easy it is to make Western music sound interesting and good. And I'm not saying that, oh, Western music has to sound this way. But this is like, this is, for me, this sounds like home. This is the music that I always wanted to listen to when I was growing up. And when I, because, you know, I grew up in a culture that wasn't my own. Um, and the music I heard growing up was nothing. Like I, we were discussing earlier, I'd never heard Kiss from a Rose until like three months <laughs> ago. <laughs> I didn't know what that was and why people made jokes about it all the time. Um, so yeah, like listening to this as a teenager, I was like, first off, this is for me. This is exactly for my ears. And it's just like, I don't know if it's the same for other people, but this honestly, it feels familiar and homely and it's heavy. So maybe this is how I imagine people who are like native to the west feel listening to death metal i don't know yeah do you know what that, that's an interesting point and i think that you know you've kind of hit on something because um i think i'm coming at it from a different perspective whereas like this feels homely to you this sounds exotic yeah to me yeah like, this was something i hadn't heard infused into the extreme metal style before i mean like orphan lands kind of were doing it in their earlier albums as well um but I feel like Melakesh were really the ones to take like the songwriting aspect of this fusion to the next level. And but yeah, like I, I don't know, like death metal. I always associated death metal with two places, Sweden and the States. Yeah. You know, I think they were the two prominent scenes. That's what I feel like when I listen to death metal in particular. Uh for me, like I suppose Black Sabbath sounded quite homely, Black Sabbath and Judas Priest. If it's always because that I always knew they were British bands, so I think once you once you've got that information, mm. you're always going to automatically link that music geographically to where you know that it's from. Um, but yeah, no, like for me anyway, that's how I feel when I first got into death metal. I was like, God, this sounds so. When I listened to Entombed or Dismember, I was like, God, it sounds so European. Or like at the gates, you know, it just sounds so Swedish. <laughs> and where, but then you all the Floridian bands, you know, just oh my god, this is so. Even that sounds exotic to me as well. I get that with classical music. I don't get it as much with metal. Really? Yeah, like you know, I can usually tell if something sounds Russian or French or American. Like Americans, like more Gershwin sounding, yeah. whereas Russian is more like you know Tchaikovsky, Rachmaninoff, and then like French is more romantic, like you know. Um, fucking what's his the gymnopody guy oh my god what's wrong with me jesus fucking christ what's his name i'm sure someone knows and they'll tell me to be fair you sounded super knowledgeable <laughs> anyway so don't worry that you've forgotten one name because you were, you were listing off names that i was not familiar with so. fair enough well i've but, heard of tchaikovsky but i've always wanted to get into classical music a bit more because there's if you, i will happily help you it's amazing classical music it's yeah. so like honestly metalheads will like classical music 
90% of the time. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, that's probably why I haven't done it, because I'm so fed up of reading fucking studies titled, <laughs> oh, guess what, metalheads and classical <laughs> music fans have got, they've got more in common than any other. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I get it. I've been reading these <laughs> articles for the last 15 years. But, like, I think that's always kind of put me off kind of exploring it. But I've got a very, very base-level understanding or, or knowledge of classical music. But, but I do, like... It's funny because I know like film music isn't too similar, but like it's some 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 like soundtrack music kind of um, has that real rousing euphoric feeling that I kind of get when I have listened to classical music before, and that's kind of what has inspired me to kind of uh, try and get into it a little bit. But I think classical and film that has this in common. Not all classical because there is classical that's. That's meant to okay. Let me let me turn this point around. So a lot of popular music is for an individual listener, yeah, and to make that individual listener consume and purchase. Whereas metal, classical music, and film music are for rooms of people, and they're for people to experience the music as an audience and have reactions to that music. And I'm not saying all pop is like this, but I think pop as a as a product is like that. Yeah. Um, whereas you know. When you're, my voice went weird, when you're writing a piece of film music, you're, you're writing to elicit a specific emotional reaction. When you're doing that with a metal album, you have a concept, and with that concept, you want to elicit an, a reaction of an emotional response from your listener and also from a room of people. So you yeah. want to have some like cool stuff you do with the drums here. There's this mad transition that when you place to a whole room of people, everyone feels together. Everyone feels a sense of unity um, or they're sharing in your aggression or sadness or emotional turmoil. Whereas I think pop is, you listen to pop, on in the car on the radio i feel like pop fans don't go to pop concerts in the same way that metal fans go to metal concerts and and classical music fans go to classical music op concerts and the opera and yeah. you know you'd go to see someone perform a three hour piece of music if you're into classical music and we would do the same thing yeah. with bell witch or color haze or bands like that so yeah. you know those those genres are curated and the writing is like paramount. Whereas in pop, it's more an immediate three minute thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because like you've got like certain pop songwriters, maybe that's why they're able to have such an intense personal connection with certain people. Like my mum's favorite artist is Leonard Cohen. And I felt like his music was very personal and yeah. minimalist and just like, you know, yeah. kind of like it felt like it was just being directed towards the one singular listener i think that can be very powerful and i think you know that exists in metal and classical too i think i'm talking more about commercialized pop yeah i'm talking about like manufactured stuff where it's just solely designed i think that's a lot of what we think about well that's what i think about i feel like stuff from like earlier on in the century well the last century is probably different to how it is now yeah it's funny you know i don't think I never thought I'd get to the age where I wouldn't know a single fucking person on like the top 20 or, you know, like the pop music charts, but I'm literally like, if it's not like the biggest names in the world, like Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift, I don't know who any of these motherfuckers are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me neither. I'm the same. I, I know about Cardi B because of the, the song that she wrote, but I don't know. I mean, did she write it? I have no idea. I There's know. probably like 20 writers that... 20, yeah. that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's like, it feels like it's a marketing exercise sometimes. Yeah, I think, you know, and that's kind of how, like, do you know what? I'm going to fucking say it. I don't like baby metal, right? 
And um, oh my god. <laughs> Sue me, Metal Hammer. I, I, no, I've literally um, never listened to them. So. I have listened to them. It's basically to me what it sounds like is that whole um, sounds like a, like fucking anime intro music. Mm-hmm. So, or sounds like, like very energetic and upbeat. Yeah. Okay. But it's cool. I've got nothing against. I've got nothing against the music itself. What what I'm saying is what I'm trying to say is because um, there's that whole thing with with k-pop and the music factories out there and they literally treat it solely like a business and they're just churning out these and if if baby metal if that isn't the case with baby metal then i do apologize but i can't help but feel like they're a great um representation of what is wrong with that kind of industry factory-esque they do it in america but differently i think they're just less obvious about it yeah yeah but you know you just got to look at how fucked up every single disney star is and you know yeah. it's just just evident how how toxic that the whole certain aspects of the pop music and scene is i mean we have like child stars in america like was it was taylor swift one of those or like the hannah montana person who was that oh, hannah montana yeah well miley cyrus was That's hannah montana. Miley yeah, cyrus. Yeah. you can yeah. see my level of knowledge <laughs> here about music come into the fore but i yeah like they they seem like tortured individuals britney spears i think had a similar thing like they're too young yeah. And they're not protected. They're treated like like objects, basically. Yeah. And maybe baby metal are protected. I hope they are. I hope so, yeah. for their sake, yeah. But so I just want to give a quick... You mentioned Bellwitch. I just want to give a quick uh, apology to Bellwitch and Bloodbath for uh, <laughs> falling asleep during their sets. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> fell asleep during Bellwitch as well, and that was also after a work shift, and it was just... It was a long night, but that was more like a trance-like thing. Yeah, I got that. Than it was with haze. exhaustion at Bloodbath at Damnation. Like, I do apologize for being asleep on the barrier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're, they're listening and weeping right now. <laughs> so going back to Melakesh, um, so <laughs> you're talking about music eliciting an emotion. What would you say that emotion is for you? Oh, my God. For me, it's very complex because of my... Um, I don't think this is this is an average reaction, but for me, it's just like a longing to go home, which I cannot do. Um, aggression, but specifically an aggression that I am... Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's an aggression... I don't know. I don't want to say Middle Eastern because I just sound like a fucking terrorist, um, which I'm not, by the way. Um, but like, yeah, there's this a level of anger there that I find familiar. Maybe just because of the sound of the music, I, I find, you know, it's like a fresh is angry in a way I'm not familiar with, whereas this is angry in a way I'm familiar with. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that kind of makes sense when you look at like the history of the band, because like if I'm yeah. not mistaken, they 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 basically fled Jerusalem, right, and w- ended up being based in the Netherlands. Yeah, they, I, I don't know if they fled, but I, they couldn't stay there any longer. They were having a lot of issues with yeah. the more religious um, like uh, inhabitants of the of the city, um, and I think I've seen some stuff on social media that that looks very stressful. Yeah, that they've had to deal with. Yeah. And that's bound to like come out in the music, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's just it's just a shame that certain artists can't express themselves the way they want to. Yeah, and I think I think I feel that in their music. I think I feel some of that that anger, that aggression that I can certainly relate to um, for similar reasons. Um, and I really love that they're doing this because this is the music that I always wanted to hear and didn't realize I, I needed to hear until I heard it, if that yeah. makes sense. And then hearing this kind of put me forward on my journey to doing my own kind of thing. Like, obviously I'm not, I don't sound like Malakash when yeah. I do music, when we do music. Um, 
but yeah, like it was very inspiring for me. Yeah. And it still is. And like listening to them kind of keeps me going in a way when there are times where I'm just like, oh, I can't be fucked. Like, why am I still doing this? Or, yeah. you know, so yeah, like that's kind of a special reaction, emotion, kind of relationship I have with their music that I totally um, don't believe anyone, many other people would have. Do you think that's because, like, you know, like we look at a band like Nile, for example, who oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very neutral response, I like it. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the like, you know, that band's infamous for obviously writing about, you know, ancient Egypt and, mm. you know, and stuff. But, like, um, I always, whenever I've read about Melakesh, it's always people talking about how they are the, if not one of the most, like, authentic yeah. sounding bands. 100%. Yeah. So I discovered Nana Cash when I went to see Nile because when I was about 15, I was what, 17, 16? I was 17 or 18. No, I was 17. So I, I got into Nile because I was like, this is probably the closest thing I'll get to listen to this kind of music is a white guy doing it. And, you know, I remember reading like, oh, he spent a year doing the lyrics and like the actual mythological, mythological stuff was really interesting. I really liked researching, you know, all the stuff. Plus they had a, a song called Masturbating the War God, which is like, that's great song. I'm, I've got to, you know, check these guys out. Yeah. And like in the catacombs of Nefron Carr, fucking sick. I mean, I do, I did like their music a lot and I probably would like it still if I hadn't had certain experiences with certain members of the band. Um, but at the same time, it's still appropriative for me. And I, I'm not like, you mustn't listen to Nile. I'm just saying, I find it appropriative. Okay. And this is something that will come up again in the podcast when we talk about other bands. Um, and it's really complicated. It's a really messy topic because I think a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. And it's very difficult to explain. Um, and, you know, there are members of Nile that aren't white. And, like, you know, George Colas is a fucking amazing drummer. He's a great drummer. He's a really nice guy. He's fucking yeah. lovely. Um, but Carl, I have a personal, like, the, the interaction I had with Carl completely changed the way I view Nile. Because before I was like, oh, this guy just really likes the culture. He's really cool. But he was a fucking dickhead to me. So yeah. I'm just like, hmm, you're just kind of using you know, this culture that partly I'm related to and then just kind of profiting from it. And if you're going to be a dick to people who are part of that, then, you know, I don't trust what he's doing. Um, so, yeah, but Melakesh was supporting Nile and they were way better. Yeah. So I'm really glad Melakesh exists. Yeah. It's, yeah, I always got that vibe from their music, you know, that they've just so, like, you know, I, I also, like, Grew up being quite a big fan of Nile because I thought it was something different to yeah. the, frankly, quite stale Agreed. death metal scene at times. Yeah. And, um, but then, you know, there's, there's, there's such a marked difference when you hear someone that's inspired by it. it than someone that actually is, you know, that is from yeah. that region or is, is obviously, you know, affiliated with that region. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like adjacent to, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I say um, George Colias, or Colias, how do you pronounce it? I don't know. Um, he was in a great band. I, I had to look up the name of it because I couldn't remember. But he like dropped an album with a band called Sickening Horror, and it's like a really quite a quite a strange sounding like mm. proggy dissonant 
like death metal album that's kind cool. of it's a really cool album it's worth checking out by the way i just totally forgot that it was just a one-time album thing that he dropped and it was really cool i will actually check that out because i yeah. really respect his drumming yeah he's such a sick drummer that's yeah. one thing about nile is they, they've always had a history of just getting the sickest drummers in uh, tony lorano as well and i think um i think derek roddy drummed in nile for a bit but i might be mistaken on that one i but. believe if i remember correctly there's a bit of classical music in nile i think they use host planets um, maybe in the catacombs of Nefrenkar. I think there's like a there's like a a oh. bit of Holst that they use. Cool. That, that's yeah. probably like the album I'm least familiar with. I bought um, Black Seeds of Vengeance, which was oh, nice. the one that had Masturbating the War God on yeah. it, I think. And that was just such a sick album. And I loved like the like the triple like vocal assault that they had. But anyway, that's enough about Nile. Melakesh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's um I love this album. And I think um and it's weird to me because like I've this because it came out in 2006 right and there's at times and people might flay me alive for saying this but there's, there's at times where the guitar work reminds me of early lamb of god like, <laughs> like as the palaces burn the era lamb of god like i don't know why lamb of god they become like this contentious band that a lot of people think are just Back then they were shit. like really big so yeah but they were tapping into something that i think was kind of cool and i think there's elements of it on this album like there's certain guitar riffs that mm. it's like a neo thrash kind of style like yeah almost like a natural evolution from some of the shit testament were doing which yeah. was what set testament apart from the other thrash the bay area thrash bands at the time and um and no, so just like I just love the variation on this album. There's so much layers. Oh yes, the production's yeah. unreal. Like I le even love the um, is it Scribes of Kur, which is the um, the uh, instrumental track, which is just like totally has such an authentic soundscape to it. You know, mm. and I think you know when you hear like another band, like I'm gonna throw another band under the bus here. Like say take Blood Incantation for example. They done this instrumental track on their latest album, which was just so fucking long and unnecessary, in my opinion. And they were going for something that sounded vaguely Egyptian sounding. And I'm doing like the, uh, for those not it's watching. It's like the, yeah, yeah. It's I'm like the chopsticks the, uh, the of bunnies. the Middle East. But yeah, but yeah. like, you know, you listen to that and I'm just like, oh, this is kind of like ham-fisted. But like, but this, when Melakesh do like more instrumental passages, it just sounds totally cool. I think part of it is that it's not forced. Like, yeah. you they're not like copying. They're just like, I, oh God, I keep fucking touching the mic um i i like this is what i found doing music and i talked to an ethno archaeo musicologist about this and he basically said that people from certain parts of the middle east and the world when they do music it's automatically um not automatically it's innately going to be historically similar to music that has been in that part of the world for thousands of years not in like in the exact same way but this is you know this is how I kind of went about doing some like ancient music shit with my own stuff. Um, but yeah, like there are literally, when you grow up in that part of the world, that's automatically going to be a lot of the time how you just start doing music is going to sound that way. You're going to use those rhythms, those scales and translating that to Western instruments is really interesting. And that's where you get the sound. Like I don't, I don't think in my view, I think I listened to an, to an interview. I don't know if they consider themselves doing fusion. I think they're just doing music to them yeah. that's just what happens when they when they write cool riffs and they play stuff and frankly like i don't this is always going to be like the coolest a riff can possibly sound as if it's played this way and yeah. i think i'm just being you know a fucking imperialist about my own <laughs> culture here but um yeah like i just find that really interesting and i'm i'm just going to un unapologetically love their music um 
and I'm just so fucking glad it exists. I also love that how researched these lyrics, like the lyrics are. I didn't, I didn't um, do the thing where I just read lyrics because I think I just bore people. But there are some fucking awesome references to like, um, you know, the Sephirots, uh, ancient, ancient shit. I love, I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, touching the space of Sephiroth, that is to Samaria. There's just really amazing, very small references to stuff yeah. that I find really exciting. I noticed that. And obviously that's just one good thing about doing the podcast with someone so uh, educated is that I knew a lot of these uh, things went over your head. <laughs> but like I was like doing a quick uh, Wikipedia search on a couple of the things. And obviously the first thing that comes up when you search Sephiroth is the character from Final Fantasy VII. Naturally. So I, um, I'm going to make an educated guess and say I don't think that song is about that particular character. <laughs> it is not. So, and I was reading that it's to do with like, um, the there's like these spheres of life. Yeah, and it was to do with like the Kabbalah. I talked about it when we did the Ohm review. It's the yeah. same thing. It's like that that um, framework of like, um, sometimes depending on your on the religion, it's kind of like, a, it's started with a, with a Jewish mysticism of this framework of spheres. Um, each sphere has a specific archetype. So you have Keter, which I believe means king. You've got um, Shekinah, which is like the home. And they have like female and male aspects and they all translate to different parts of the body. And it's used in mysticism to um, denote certain things. And it's got a very ancient um, kind of basis. So where is it? There's a reference to the double helix scepter, which is a reference to, oh my God, my fucking brain. It's a reference to Hermes Trismegistus's, um, what's it called? It's like, yeah, it's related to the Caduceus. I wrote fucking academic essays on this shit. Um, it's related to the Caduceus, which is itself, you know, in, in like old alchemy, which comes from the East. It's an Arab word. It's not a Western thing. Um, like the West got it in the medieval times from the east through yeah. like stuff that was translated by preserved by arab scholars so the, yeah the caduceus is like linked to this um in in some like schools of mystical thought which i find really interesting i think it's i don't believe in this stuff in a literal sense but i find it fascinating and i love that this is in the music yeah as well it just makes me think you know what like sorry i keep using this the review of this album saying bashes at things unrelated to it but like <laughs> Um, like the fucking education system in the UK, right? Then RE, you don't fucking learn any of this shit. They don't right? want you to learn this shit. Uh, they want cool. you to learn that Christianity is like the peak of intelligence and and like, you know, it's part of like an imperialist, like empire is good thing. Of yeah. course, like, you know, the Christian Roman indoctrination of, of the history of the UK, you'd want that to be a good thing and not a bad thing because otherwise you're just undermining like all the racist systems and infrastructures that are in place here. Yeah. Sorry, a bit of rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true though. And it's just like, you know, it's, I just feel like, like with any topic in the education system, it's just not, it's just not designed in a way to hook anybody in or get anybody interested in it because that's not what they want. All we did was Christianity at school. I saw, I remember, I mean, to be fair, I bunked 95% of my RE lessons, but like <laughs> each one I attended was just one of the worst. It was just, really i think we've done a bit of buddhism at some point mm. but They're like um, oh yeah buddhism's really peaceful and good and that's pretty much it you yeah learn about like the pillars of islam they're like but low-key they're just like mm, islam bad you know yeah. but it was uh but nah it's uh, that's, that's why i think you know this album is just such a fucking and the band in general just so great because you know it's just such a good representation of that part of the world yeah 
Yeah, I think it's it's great. I don't know about representation, but I think it's like a fantastic example of how I think underestimated and how under how there's just like there are there are a lot of bands in the Middle East um, that sound incredible, but I feel like Melakesh are probably the most recognized. Yeah. I'd say uh, maybe Orphaned Land, but yeah. I feel like Melakesh are um, better. Yeah, I think <laughs> Orphaned Land. I think are more geared towards kind of um, presenting the more kind of diluted. They're like accessible. both sides, which is yeah. like not a thing. There's no both sides. Um, yeah. I feel like Orphanland are trying to be like centrist and like, oh, when we, we can unite everyone by not being political, whereas doesn't work that way because yeah, yeah, everything is political. You, yeah, you can't really unite someone by not being political over an issue that is inherently political. And like right. an issue that literally can endanger their life. Yeah. Right. Or like their their right to exist. And that, at that point, you are being political, whether you like it or not, which yeah. is, you know, everything you do is political. Whether like you wake up and you breathe, the air you breathe is political. Like the air we're breathing right now in central London is so dirty. It's illegal. And yet yeah. we come here and we, you know, we don't willfully do it, but we have to. So we're kind of allowing this air to continue being shitty and dirty whereas if everyone just decided not to come into london until the air was sorted out they'd sort the air out right yeah but i'm not saying it's our fault it's the fucking government's fault but i feel like you know you can make everything political because it is because politics is everything that affects people yeah so you know just by existing you're you're being affected and affected stuff yeah i think it's i think that mainly stems from the whole like apolitical argument mainly stems from people having too narrow a definition of what politics is yeah i think it's like i don't think that word means what people think it means yeah yeah uh i did want to mention a cool fact which i read not about this album in particular yeah but, uh, is it ashmedi is that how you'd pronounce it i think it's ashmedi yeah okay, i've heard, I'll him, go for I heard him say ashmedi in an interview and i was like damn yeah so maybe it's Ashmedai, because okay. that's what he said. I'll go for Ashmedai then. Yeah. So I was reading a cool fact on the following album from this uh, epigenesis. Apparently he recorded the vocals naked. No way! Oh, it was recorded in Istanbul as well, which I thought oh, was super cool. Oh, it's fucking hot in Istanbul, so that yeah. might be why. But did he give a reason as to his nudity? Um, yeah, basically it was really cool actually, because he was saying it was, um, it was all about just kind of being in touch with the whole primal nature and you know you can't that get any more so primal cool. than being you know fucking naked I as you do were born that, but it would be problematic <laughs> that is so fucking cool i will yeah. never listen to that album in the same way yeah so, uh, so i thought it was a really cool fact and yeah exactly i was thinking oh, i need to check out that album i'm again gonna re-listen to that but like thinking of i guess ash medallion <laughs> that sounds really weird to say yeah. but it's um but now it was just a super cool fact that i just um that's one of the things that i enjoy about doing these weekly reviews as i try and find shit out which i never would have bothered to find out right before. i love this yeah. like you know even if no one listened this would just still be really fun to do yeah yeah exactly yeah i oh my god that makes me so happy i mean one fact i pulled up for this segment of the uh the review was that malakash means king of fire in hebrew that's cool. Melek means king, so Esh is fire, which makes sense. It's Atesh in Iranian, so related words, etymology. Woo! There Such you a go. cool name, just Melakesh. Just it's a good nice name. Say, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I was I was always before I learned that I thought it might be Melakesh or something because Chesh means I in Iranian, but I, obviously they're not Iranian. But sometimes I'm like I know the words can 
you know, be shared and travel around and meet up and, yeah. you know, merge into each other and stuff. So I was wondering if that was the case. Well, that's like, I remember this is, this might be complete bullshit, but I remember hearing that, um, Oh, that Welsh was connected to some ancient language somehow. The Icelandic? Might be Icelandic. Icelandic would make it's sense. It's probably Icelandic. Also Lithuanian and Sanskrit the, as well. Yeah, I've heard, I know this is true. They're yeah. like very ancient. Lithuanian is very ancient. Yeah. Yeah, it's, fan it's fascinating, like the history of languages. Like Sumerian, oh, is it Akkadian or Sumerian? I always forget which. But it has, it has absolutely no relatives, which is like very unusual yeah, for that's... a language. It's just, it's just its own fucking thing, which I find so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's Akkadian. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, one uh, closing point I want to mention about the album in particular was um, as a vocalist, I do think that um, he's got some really good vocal phrasing and I love mm. the incorporation of like the chanting as well. I think yeah. it's super cool. I think it's just um, overall, I, I love this album and I think um, it was just so cool being able to listen to it again because, you know, I think too many times when you've listen to an album say once or twice or even if you spun it a lot when it was released you tend to just kind of forget about it and never listen to it ever again and it's just so cool to go back to something that came out you know 15 years ago now like, it's, it sounds like it came out now exactly like yeah. and it's and that's literally what i was about to say like it still sounds so like relevant and modern and i think you know the production definitely helps it sound and helps the fact that it sounds so fucking clear and relevant yeah, I mean, these are, I always say this, but they are literally one of my top five bands. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, there's like, they are, I mean, the guitar work is always amazing. The tone is beautiful. The drumming is fascinating. They, they're using like, you know, Eastern rhythms, which is rare. Um, it's like, there's so much variation, as you say. The energy is just beautifully worked in this album like the whole way through it's maintained which is really rare like often bands will kind of drop it after a few songs and it kind of you kind of just go oh and you slump and you stop listening but I'm always listening when I put these guys on even if I'm doing something at the same time my, I don't tune I don't tune it out it's just so it's like food for my ears yeah yeah and they're amazing live as yeah. well they're need very to see nice. them live god oh my god I've, i haven't seen them live since like 2008 or something so, so. what was the bill was niall melakesh anybody else oh there god, i don't remember i don't think so if there were i'm really sorry but i mean people were belly dancing to belly melakesh in the, in the <laughs> belly <circle>. cash <laughs> 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 you know what? I'm hungry, so that's why I said belly cash. Because my belly just rumbled. <laughs> belly cash. <laughs> People were belly dancing in the pit, like men and women, like legit, properly belly dancing. And I think there was like some guy who was like a middle aged guy, and he was like belly dancing really well. I kind of wish I went in there and did it too, because you just want to move when you. They're so groovy. So basically, what you're saying that is like a fucking non lame version of those people that do the Viking row. Uh, like oh my god yeah because yeah. that's kind of cool but viking row viking rowing lame I'm, I'm not about it maybe like kettlebell swings like with a hammer like maybe do some weights i don't know you know what? i love the idea of a gym that's good that's make pits more dangerous let's bring let's bring weights yeah <laughs> unsupervised weightlifting <laughs> during concerts i feel like you get that at a harm's way gig just like people just power lift, just deadlifting in the middle oh, of a that'd pit that'd be so fun that'd be sick i would love to do deadlifts at yeah. a fucking harm's way gig that singer is fucking jacked by i the know way, i want to do deadlifts with that singer yeah. like i want him to shout at me to work out that would be great i think i think i remember reading he is actually a power lifter 
He looks, he's got yeah. a powerlifter's build, it does he's... not surprise me. But he's very toned for a powerlifter. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think you just get different types of powerlifters. You get like yeah. the ones which more go for the strongman aesthetic, you know, with more mass. And you get the ones which are, you know, quite, they're still big, but they've got some thick. You know, tone to them, yeah. Yeah, thick with like 10 Zs. But that's enough of falling over the uh, <laughs> the chest and the uh, glutes of the harmed way singer. <laughs> Uh, yes um i don't know why i made that weird sound i was just going full middle east (laughs) oh one thing another thing i want to say quickly was um is is that i was looking at the album cover is that the tower of uh babel yeah i know it's actually got the sephirot on the cover i i I, let me oh i'm stuttering now let me look at the cover (laughs) melakesh emissaries it's quite cool album cover I think it makes a big difference when a band has a good album cover, you know. A huge difference. You know, obviously in this day and age, in a digital day and age, it's probably maybe less important because of the way people consume music. But I don't know about you guys, but when I used to buy CDs, like if I had a shit cover oh, yeah, of a band I didn't know, I wouldn't buy it. I'm exactly the same. I do that with vinyl. So I was wrong. It doesn't have a Sephiroth on the cover. I think that's um, Epigenesis that has it. This one does have the Tower of Babel. I think that's the Gustav Doré um, one. It's a... Uh... His his work is like widely used in metal. I'm pretty sure Behemoth have used his work before as well. But yeah, I think I, I do believe that's a Tara Babel. Um, I think that's that's a free headed lion, and then I think that could be an astrolabe underneath, which is an Arab invention used to navigate the sea using the stars. Oh, cool! They're beautiful. You can see them in the British Museum. Let me see if I can make out. I is that like a bit like a sextant or is it? It's like a mad complex sextant. It's wow. like way more complicated. You can navigate like using more maths. It's got loads of gears yeah. and it's kind of like a plectrum shape. It's really big. No, usually they're round, but they've got like loads of circly, circly, circly gears <laughs> on them. My education's shining through. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you move them around according to like lines and numbers and use like, gotcha. um, you basically use like Pythagorean mathematics to navigate, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Wish I had one of them to find the toilets and Harrods. <laughs> it's legit hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I worked there. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's a very cool album cover. I love the, the colors. I mean, that's the color of hot Middle East shit. Um, that made it sound really sexual. So that's the title of the uh, third low in release, isn't it? Hot Middle Eastern. I'm ship. recording it in the nude. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is epigenesis with the sephirot on the cover. That's what it looks like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Those ball things. It's a cool album art, man. Always. Oh, uh, that's one thing that always kind of struck out to me. I like the Enki album or Enki. Oh, Enki. It's from. Um, oh my god, the the Anuma Elish reference. In this album makes me really happy every time. It's like the Enuma Elish rewritten. It's fucking cool. I didn't realize that the Ep- Epigenesis has um, Persian rugs on the on the cover. That's really awesome. I love that. Sorry, I'm just staring at Malakesh album covers. This is so <laughs> entertaining, guys. Should we move on? I think we should move on. But yeah, final comment, Malakesh. Good. I like. Ten out of ten. Yeah. I want to see them live so badly. Um, if Ashmedai sees this, please come on the podcast. Uh, we want to read your cards and I just want to um, lose my shit. You could be nude if you want as well. I, I, I'm fine with that if Sham yeah. is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 you could just do like a, a weird X-rated 
um, strange, platonically exploited um, serpent uh, temple. I mean, we might upload it to Pornhub instead of uh, <laughs> YouTube. But... <laughs> Hot Middle Eastern babes. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy card reading in progress. Yeah. Um, so Wire E, interesting. I think this is two interesting bands to review next to each other um, for probably very obvious reasons. If no one's heard Wire E before, they're a Belgian band. This album, Exile from Bay Neharot, Neharot, um, I believe it's instrumental. I actually zone out. It's, um, it is instrumental, yes, yeah. I can confirm. Yeah, they, they perform wearing, um, like, I think the niqabs they're called. They're just, like, fully covered Afghan style with grills in front of the faces. So when I first heard this band, I was like, oh, amazing, more Middle, e Middle Eastern people making music. And the music's got, like, Hebrew references. It sounds awesome. It's, like, it's kind of like sleep. It's like sleep and ohm at the same time. It's like if Matt Pike wasn't in sleep is kind of how I view this band. Yeah. Um, it's really... It's really like not groovy, but it's got like swing. The rhythm is like really cool. They they ride the um, symbols a lot to create this like awesome kind of hypnotic meditative atmosphere. And then the guitars like can be really heavy, but they're generally like quite dreamy. But it's still got this sense of heaviness to it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's um. I was doing a bit of research. The only thing I could find on the words Bane Naharot. I'm pronouncing that right? Probably not. Ben I never pronounce anything right. Is that, apparently it means the mouth of the river. I got, um, I didn't get that. Bane means between. It means exile from between the rivers. Okay. So in Mesopotamia, it was marked as the space between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Okay, okay. So I believe it's a reference to that. However, um, so I don't know if you guys know about the, the uh, Babylonian captivity. No. So basically, um, it was between the periods of 587 and, and, oh man, and 6 BCE? Yeah. So during this time, um, basically, in the kingdom of Judah, um, the Jews were just fucking taken. And all the, not all the Jews, so what they did is they got all of the clerks, all the lawyers, all the, the Jews that kind of ran the kingdom and they were held captive in Babylon for hundreds of years. I think this was after the destruction of the first temple, if I remember correctly. I'm not Jewish. Please don't be angry if I get this wrong. Um, but yeah, so basically the Jews were like held hostage. It kind of fucked up. This is like a, a period of extreme negativity in, in Jewish history. And then um, shout out to the Persians. Basically, Cyrus freed them and he ended the exile. However, exile from between the rivers implies that they're exiled from Babylon. So I don't know what they're trying to get out there. Um, I'm assuming perhaps they didn't realize this or it's a reference to something else. But this is, to me, the most obvious interpretation. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool to hear just a bit more of a detailed kind of description of what this could be referring to. Um, got a quote from the band saying that they write music for the gods. Yeah, I, I I quoted a lot of this interview because um, after I did that, I was like, huh? Um, and they say, we want, the, we want to make listeners travel in the music through this pilgrimage that we've created within a fantasized ancient Orient, which takes place in ancient Babylon. So I guess I've done that to like, not have to be historically accurate. But I would say maybe not the best non-historically accurate Hebrew title. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't care, but as as like a, a lyricist, I'm like. Mm. Yeah, see, I'm. Yeah, see, I am too uh, uneducated in that realm to to have uh, picked up on a lot of that. I've just got a message from Shem. Apparently, it's Exile to Bane Naharot, and not Exile from Bane Naharot. I'm fucking wrong. They're actually being very accurate, <laughs> and they go. are there talking about the Babylonian <laughs> captivity. I hold my hands up in shame. <laughs> that was smoothly done. Was gonna... Thank you. Thank you for saving my face there. Nah, um, but, yeah, I take nah. it all back. Well it's, done. Um, yeah, uh, talking a bit about the um, music. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, I really enjoyed this, by the way. I did think it was great. Um, as I've said numerous times on this podcast before, you know, it's the sort of thing where I do have to be in a certain mood to really appreciate it because it is quite sprawling. There's a lot of repetition. Um, but I do think there's a lot of cool, interesting elements on this release. Um, I really like how the music kind of uh, climaxes and builds up. Yeah, they're really interesting, the way they control that. Yeah. There's not too much of a reliance on guitars. It's interesting to hear, yeah. you know, like they kind of got this real, like this real lethargic quality to them at times. Like, I think the rhythm, the percussion is the most important part of the music. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, just the way it's all kind of melded together. I think it's just really cool. And then, yeah, I've got down here as well. Like there's a lot of crashing sort of cymbal work and like really like bassy kind of ominous sound. The bass synths. is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love the simps. Yeah, the simps are really cool. They're like yeah. ominous for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's funny because, I mean, if, if you're saying the simps are cool, then they must be good. I uh, usually fucking hate simps. <laughs> so this is uh, extremely yeah. high praise from me. But yeah, and it's even got some post-metal uh, qualities uh, at times as well. You know, like I'm that. a big, big fan of like sort of soaring, ethereal kind of guitar work, mm, you know, and yeah. that always uh, ticks my box. They're, they're really good live. Um, I will say, I was saying, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, Middle Eastern people, they're not Middle Eastern. They're just some some um, Belgium guys. They said that they were based in Jerusalem when they started the band. Um, and they apparently said it to have a sense of anonymity which reminds me of that death metal band that said they were from China. <laughs> that was, uh, that is, I think that's the uh, DSBM band. Oh, my bad. Ghost Bath. Yeah. They um, were from somewhere in the States. I was like, hmm, I, I know it's not intentional from them, but, and, and like they do actually talk about cultural appropriation and their words, they say, cultural appropriation can be a really touchy subject. For us, this is a homage to the past. It's an honor for us to do this, and we're not trying to rip off cultures. We're trying to avoid cultural appropriation by focusing on cultures so ancient they are disconnected from modern cultures. Or perhaps look at it a different way. Um, First off, I would not say that they're disconnected. So I'm not a fan of of that justification. Um, You know, nobody can complain about appropriation saying they are descendants of Babylon because we are all descendants of Babylon. (laughs) <laughs> humanity has traveled all over the globe and i think that we were all the infants of these first civilizations we are trying to get people inspired by this common past we all have that's a very noble um statement but i do think that is not a good i don't agree with it um you know you could use that argument to be like i'm just going to walk around wearing a, a american indian headdress because we're also descended from american indians and i'm also going to wear uh, dashiki all the time because I'm also African like I don't think that checks out and in the Middle East specifically um, especially in places like Iran people use ancient history as a way of actually um, of like 
rebelling against the government because they've been after like the Islamic invasion, a lot of culture was was um, suppressed, and part of going against that is using ancient history as a way of of like you know retaining that sense of of culture in the face of of some eradication. So this makes me somewhat uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a touchy subject. I'm sure there are people who would disagree with me and there are probably people who actually have a far more extreme reaction than I do. But I would say, for those reasons, don't say that <laughs> about um, humanity being descended from Babylon. Like, that's not true. Um, like, th that's just categorically not true. People did not all come from the Middle East. People, I believe, came from Africa and then spread out. Well, that's what I always heard. I mean, I've never looked yeah. into it, but it, I always heard that Africa was the... Uh... Is the in, not the Indus Valley. It's the, the Rift Valley, I believe, that they found. That's the specific place that humans originated from and started um, migrating from. Was that before or after the aliens came into Egypt and um, uh, gave us the technology? I believe to, it was a few years before oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, before the lists came. That was a joke, by the <laughs> it way. It was a joke. Actually, we do not actually, believe uh, in these things. I, I don't think that happened, no. <laughs> Just want to clarify. Yeah. I mean, we like aliens, but not in that way. Yeah. I know someone who doesn't like aliens. <laughs> we all know someone who doesn't like aliens. <laughs> Bless him. Um, yeah. So that's that's me on the cultural appropriation. I love the music. Really fucking wish they didn't put it forward in that way. Um, I mean, they said a bunch of other stuff that made me wince as well. But I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I know they're not intentionally doing this. Um, they also say when they're using Eastern instruments, they're not masters of these instruments. We are seeing them with our own culture. And I have mixed feelings about that too. So yeah, like feel free to just not say stuff like that about music. Um, I, it just makes me uncomfortable because like, yeah, I get it. You think you're being innocent, but like this culture... Western culture is literally responsible for the Middle East being a fucking shithole right now. So seeing it with your own culture, maybe like smash it, um, you know, try and try and extort it for money in exchange for oil. Uh, like you come into my house and take my instruments. I don't know. Like, I, I don't mean to be so personal, but like that is the, those are things the music really helps. <laughs> the music outside of the street really helps, like put my point home right now. But yeah, like that's that's just the angry brown aggressive woman um, being a bitch and saying what she thinks about this. So I'm sure a lot of people will find this annoying, but I'm gonna say it because I'm here and it's well, fair enough. At the end yeah. of the day, you know, I think um, you gotta be true to how you feel. Yeah. In any aspect of life, you know, and I think you know, fuck it, say what you feel. Yeah, I mean, I'd be really interested to see... I mean, I doubt they'll check this out, but if they do, I'd be interested to hear what they think, how they feel. I don't mean to attack them anyway. I think the music is beautiful. They actually got signed to an Israeli label, so obviously not everyone agrees with me. Um, and they, they have a really beautiful music video that's recently come out um, where they collaborate with an Israeli singer, I believe. So I think that's really cool. I think that element is great. I wouldn't have been so uncomfortable if they hadn't said that stuff about cultural appropriation, ironically. Um, I think they just explain themselves really badly. And I think they just don't fully understand it, which why would they? They've not had to experience it. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, doing the uh, the typical white person thing of trying to relate to it my own fucked up way is, um, 
at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we don't, we aren't privy to a lot of this shit. And I don't think we know a lot of things until it's kind of laid out in front of us. Yeah. And I, I'm not excusing anything, by the way. Of I'm course. just saying, you know, for like it's, it's when you don't have to experience something, you don't know the effects. And we've talked about this, whether it be being um, a certain gender, uh, say a metal show or just anywhere in society, you know, like there's going to be, you can't relate to the experiences of something that you are not connected to yourself. Right. And I think that a lot of people of like, you know, the demographic of, I guess, white male don't understand how amazing it can be when people who aren't in that demographic see white pe- white men, I guess. I hate saying it because it sounds weird. But when when I see, when a lot of people like me see people being understanding and showing that even if they don't fully get it, that they're cool with not doing things that, um, I'm not being like, uh, not doing things that offend me or upset me, but like understand that cultural appropriation isn't good and that it's okay not to understand it, but it's it's also important to like not do it even yeah. if you don't understand it. And like that, that means, you know, it's a big deal for, for people like me. Um, not everyone who looks like me or is like me, but it is a big deal. And it makes a huge difference in terms of how it feels to be in a space, um, you know, to, ex- to consume music, to go to shows, to come out and walk down the street. Like it's just fucking exhausting to, to not be white and a guy or, even just a guy a lot of the time so it's just really it's cool thank you right on (laughs) (laughs) but it's and you know what like bringing it back to like the music somewhat i think it's kind of and that's the thing i think is cool about this uh release is that it does like it does kind of resonate with me and i do really enjoy it yeah like say for example the previous uh, previous example we were using of nile comparing nile to melakesh right you know like it's the authenticity always shines through yeah. when, it, when it's coming from a genuine mm. place or someone that has real life experience in that realm. Um, but realm is more of a metaphorical realm, not an actual literal realm. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I think, um, and I think me personally, I always connect us. I always tend to gravitate towards something. If I know that the people involved in it actually are, you know what I'm trying to say. Like they actually, you have... can feel um, if someone is kind of uh, being authentic. I know there's yeah. a word that we're both trying to find. Yeah, but I think you know it's it's, it's like you said, it, it's tricky, isn't it? But, yeah, and... it's the intentions, I guess, a lot of the yeah. time. And sometimes people don't. Maybe sometimes it's also unintentional, but the effect can be really negative. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like the whole ghost bath thing was just crazy because it was just like there wasn't there wasn't even like they were writing about anything to do with Chinese culture. They yeah. just randomly came out and said, "Yeah, we're from China." What the fuck? I just, <laughs> so I just, I just didn't get that, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's really weird. It's just like, um, it's really cool when people can appreciate cultures, but when people start to take on and use aspects of a culture that's not their own for their own profit or to gain something, especially when their native culture has historically oppressed the other culture, that's appropriation. That's generally the definition of appropriation. So a lot of the time it's not obvious 
but it is like um you know wearing feathers in your hair american indian stuff headdresses i mean they had a fucking genocide that was covered up against them that's still fucking going yeah so it's and they, those things are holy burning sage is a really good example sage is going is white sage is almost extinct yeah in in america because people buy it because they're like oh smudging's really cool but like smudging doesn't mean that actually you have to have good energy when you harvest the leaves and when you're wrapping the leaves it's got to be done in a certain way with certain kinds of thread it's got to be dyed a certain way and you know white sage is going extinct so actual american indians can't use it and they they use it for important things and yeah. functions in their daily life because some boho ladies like, oh, yes, my room smells of sage. You can use any other kind of sage, but yeah. it's always the white sage. Apparently. It, it's interesting how like, so you just mentioned native sort of Americans. Uh, and it's it's interesting how people finally seem to be kind of wising up to what happened in Canada as well. It's so fucked up. Because for the longest time, I like I never heard anybody really talk about the First Nations in Canada until maybe the last five years or so. I think people are slowly realizing it's just as fucked up as what happens to the Native Americans as well. Yeah, it's horrendous. Like if if anyone, I mean, go and read about it if you don't know about it because it's I I watched some heartbreaking incredibly emotional like documentaries and stuff like interviews with people who went through the schooling system at the time and it's just honestly worse than any horror film that you can think about yeah. it's horrendous yeah yeah shit is fucked we live in a shitty world everyone fuck the world <laughs> listen to Melakesh. <laughs> yeah but now it's um going back to the uh, release quickly after that um relevant tangent Mm -hmm. um the first track which i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce what is it called let me see but i think it loosely translates to protect my eldest son oh nice i i, I don't have the tracks in front of me oh there so. is there for nebuchadnezzar is the king he was the king of babylon during oh, the no uh, captivity nebuchadnezzar i think the second so yeah. that's yeah nebuchadnezzar the second he was the king of babylon in the seventh century bc there you go. But um, you kind of, um, that track in particular, kind of, um, when you were saying before about percussion being key, I think I definitely really hear it in that track. I think, you know, there's just something cool about the way, um, like, percussion can be used almost like a crashing wave mm. at times, you know, that, that rolling sounds as it's well. It's liquid. But, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I just think it's not something you really get too much in metal, if I'm being honest. Like the rhythm section is kind of normally something used just to, it's there as a, as a function. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, you know, the rhythm section's there just to bolster up what everybody wants to hear, which is the vocals and the guitars. But, you know, so I think it's always cool. And I think that's one of the cool things I like about doing these reviews is we've explored a lot of releases which I think, and it's been refreshing to hear things where like the guitar hasn't always been the forefront of the music. And when, when especially in the genre, or even, I wouldn't even say this is metal, to be honest, you know, it's loosely got some links, but, you know, in the, the music I listen to primarily is all about the riff. And you know, <laughs> it's just refreshing to hear groups that, you know, that work more cohesively as a unit and, mm. you know, present something a bit different. I think this is like really similar to Ohm, basically. Yeah, almost super cool. Like that was that was like I could definitely see how people like view Ohm's music as almost like a you know a religious experience in itself. A hundred percent. And like the reason I like Ohm 
sorry to go back to it, but he's not being like, I'm Israeli. <laughs> or, or like, everyone comes from this. He's like, uh, no, I just think these are really cool. And he's just doing his own thing with it. Whereas I think this was like, I think maybe they they were trying a bit too hard to get into the shtick of looking like they were Middle Eastern as well. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But Potentially. I'm, I'm like, they used the percussion in the same way with the, the symbols and stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great album. It's so fucking good. It's I need to listen best. to them again. Hell yeah. I'm great, so glad great you Great music like for this weather we're experiencing at the moment. Oh my this God, quite you're warm. right. We are sweating our balls off. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's already gone. Um, so should we go on to Vaconis? <laughs> I reckon we shall. Sick. Should. <laughs> shall. <laughs> shall shoot. Shall shoot. Um, so yeah, this is Odyssey, released in 2021. Um, a Swedish band. What did you think of them? Okay, now this is... Um, I'll open it with the fact that I did actually like this release much more than I was anticipating to. Cause, Likewise. Because as always, before I get into an album, I kind of do a bit of, if I'm not familiar with their previous material, I'll do a bit of work beforehand, listen to a few tracks. Mm. And I was thinking, okay, this might be, you know, some relatively accessible kind of stonerish, sludgy, um, just kind of contemporary metal. And, but I think it's presented in such a way that I actually really enjoyed it. Like it's really interesting. This album, it was not what I expected. I, there was so many things in here that just really threw me off. Uh, yeah. I mean, like the vocals, the vocals were mad interesting. Yeah. You've got, you've got like, it's literally like you throw, can't remember which one is it in Mastodon that does the bellowing. It might be, um, Oh, God. I'd always mix Troy? them up. I think it's Troy. Troy's like the kind of the bellower, isn't he? Mm. And it's like a combination of him, Klaus from Scorpions. Like it, at times it literally sounds like like a Scorpions chorus. There's one track in particular called um, Blackened Wings, which has got like a super catchy chorus. And I was like, this reminds me of a Scorpion song. And yeah, and it's got some harsh vocals in there as well. The which harsh is completely is really come from good. Left field, yeah. And it's yeah. just like, you know, so many times when a band you know, is, and even the music as well, there's some really interesting and quite varied guitar work. You know, there's, there's, there's a range of different tempos and dynamics and sounds, but while all still retaining a real sense of accessibility, yeah. like I wrote down this really bizarre analogy, right? Like if you're ever shitting on the toilet, right? <laughs> you listen to a band like Defeated Sanity, that's perfect shit in music. <laughs> like, I've never listened to music. Guttural death metal, right? Like that is it can really help sometimes. Like (laughs) I love it. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. (laughs) Don't do it in my own fucking house. But like if I'm out and about (laughs) and I need to do the business in public, now I'll still have my headphones in and like brutal death metal, like defeated sanity. (laughs) I mean that is that that will get your bowels going. Let me tell you that. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's amazing. But and this like reminds me this, this isn't shit in music <laughs> this is like this, this is, is like bus journey music. music bus journey music it's like fucking like i fucking listen to this again on the bus and it was the perfect soundtrack it is it's good like look pretending you're in a music video looking out the window yeah. the sun's out like, or like when you see the villains. telephone wires like, i used to do this all the time when i was on the train like you know I used to this is pre-mobile phones where you see the telephone wires and you pretend your hands like a little man doing parkour, and you run it along the I've wires. I've done that. I did that so, for six, so six hours that journey up to Scotland, and oh it my was. God, uh, I'm going to try doing that. Yeah, yeah that's what that. I used to do. I used to listen to music and pretend my my hand was a man doing parkour, running it like 
150 My miles hand per hour. Is a man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and like it's got a real. I don't know if it's just because the weather really suits it, but like this album is totally just like journey music. So you just mm. put it on, you could chill to it. But it's got enough variation to kind of keep things really interesting. Like there's obvious links to Opeth in this album. There's so many amazing Opeth moments. Yeah. yeah. But without sounding like it's they're plagiarizing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they're Swedish. Maybe that's just yeah. I maybe think Opeth so. runs in their blood. Maybe they all come from Opeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like um, we were talking the other week about um, Sewin, which is basically Martin Lopez's band, right? And um, and like I, I couldn't really get into them too much because they sounded at times a bit too much like a derivative of Opeth. But like this, like has got those elements in it. Like there's some organ usage at some points. Yeah, like use Mellotron. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, they do it in a way that it's in it's, much of the similar vein as Opeth, where it sounds quite contemporary still. It sounds like it belongs in the song. It doesn't sound like they're like copying, they're not shouting out anyone. Yeah. It's just like, it's there and it's part of it and it's part of this like whole fabric that they've woven. It's like, the, the, to me, this this album is like gold yellow music. Like the cover yes. is amazing. Yeah. The cover is by an artist called Kira, Kira Bjerling. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. It's beautiful. It's like this huge rooster it's got this curling tail and there's like this kind of tunnel of light and yellows and golds and oranges and like the music sounds exactly like that. It's just, it's it's at times heavy, at times light, but there's always this sense of brightness of like sunlight just like fucking pummeling you into the ground of how yeah. like beautiful and clear it is. It's like happy. Yeah. 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 No, 100%. 100%. Like at times, like not in style, but in the atmosphere, it yeah. reminds me of later uh, Paul Bearer. Oh, that's interesting. Because, like, I mean, Paul Bearer's earlier albums were far more like morose and quite were depressing, to be honest. But, like, um, their album Heartless, I think the album's called Heartless. Just off the top of my head, I'm not cheating and using Encyclopedia Metallum here. Like, that had much more of like a summery, like, kind of like, you know, just more of a mellow chill and still, mm -hmm. still emotional, but more euphoric emotion as opposed to melancholic. And that's kind of, I got a similar vibe on certain parts on this album, you know, like it's so bright and colorful. Mm. Yeah, this album kept surprising me because at the beginning I was like, oh, okay, this sounds very like Baroness-y. It's very like bright, marching, like choral, anthemic. And then there's times where it sounds really like Elder, like Reflections of a Floating World, uh, El yeah. Elder. Yeah. Really like the, the Elder that's like really advanced. Like I, I prefer New Elder to Old. I, I love Old Elder, but New Elder's better. And this is like the best of New Elder. And and um, yeah, Opeth and Mastodon as well. Yeah, oh, so much of a Mastodon vibe yeah. on certain parts of this album. You know, and dare I say it, sometimes at certain moments, it sounds like they were doing Mastodon better than Mastodon themselves. It sounds like early Mastodon, which is the best Mastodon. Yeah. And like they're doing it with my, like these are awesome, my favorite bands. I love Elder, Baroness, Mastodon, Opeth. They're like they're doing all of those bands so i and they're doing it really well but the i you know i went in thinking oh it's going to be kind of like stoned jesus or it's going to be you know it's going to be like your standard stonery album yeah and i was really surprised i yeah. think this is hopefully going to age really well i yeah. think these guys have like they've done a, a really advanced like i feel this is the first step of their next step if that yeah. makes sense and it's and the thing is as well like i don't know about you but um let me just uh drag them up quickly because um they're, they're quite mad prolific like i think this is their i haven't listened to the rest of their stuff i actually had them on on facebook one of the members um i think olsen and he just seems like a really lovely person okay well yeah one album in 2016 another one that released uh, the, the sunken gin 
Ooh. Cool. That's cool. Album time in 2017. I, I have like to go that. back and check out Sounds the other like album. A tavern. Uh, Grasping time in 2019. Okay, they have so it's, a lot it's pretty... of streams. Oh my god. Okay, so it's like the standard sort of two years. Oh, do you know what it is? They've they've released a lot of singles, which makes their thin look more prolific Damn. than it does. But I mean, they've released like you know since 2016. This is their fourth album. Because they had like so. 7k likes on Facebook, but the amount of streams they have like 300,000 streams on old one. 600,000 on grasping time that's madness but like this is like i don't know how anybody in who likes heavy music like metal in particular could not like this album this is a really solid album yeah yeah like it's yeah I mean, yeah maybe it's not breaking too much new ground per se but i think they do a really good job of presenting like a lot of different styles of metal into one cohesive like piece yeah, definitely. And like it's their own it's their own like take on it. Like you said, they're not being derivative. The whole thing is just it's yeah, it's just it feels like summer. It's just yeah. like the embodiment. I feel like I've just been like injected with like light and I'm gonna explode. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, like there's fucking stuff shooting out my eyes, like Macedon, Leviathan rips, and then Michael Ackerfelt is like whispering into my ear, it's gonna be okay. With his uh with his uh hat, his uh <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a hat he wears. What would you call that? Not a bowler hat, it's more like a it's like a it's like a, a, an undertaker style hat. I don't know. I don't know enough about hats. But I don't know even about hats. I should know about hats because my head gets burnt all the fucking time. I know about but. pork pies, which look awful. Um, they literally just look like fucking pork pies. You've got the classic fedora. You've got Stetsons. Yeah. Don't know what they look like, so, though. I think Stetson is more closer to what Stetson. he wears, potentially. Oh, oh Stetson oh, Calvo okay. one. Oh, I, I really know. like the, the Holy Mountain hat. The really you, have you, you haven't seen Holy Mountain, have you? No. Oh, bless you. No. Um, one day we will, we will just do, <laughs> we will do a reaction uh, episode where we just play Holy Mountain. You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is the midget in the cow carcass? <laughs> What's <Shit>. going on? <laughs> Yeah. But um, I've actually uh, trying to purchase a hat. I really want a Bruheria snapback. Oh, cool! Just because I just I fucking love Bruheria. I think they're so corny, but I think they're really cool and stupid. In I've a never. Good way. I'm. I'm honestly sad I can't wear those because of my hair. It yeah. just doesn't. It's just not a thing I can do. Yeah. I like the ones with the big shiny stickers. Yeah. Well, I was in um, South End on the weekend, and I was, and it was like it was super warm that day. And I was just like, you. I need to buy a hat because otherwise, I'm gonna my head's gonna get absolutely roasted. Aww. And um, I ended up going into Primark and buying this hat that I think, it, in retrospect, it might have been a child's hat because I had to have it on like, <laughs> the, the biggest setting just to get it somewhere over my head. And it was, um, yeah. So it was just if you saw a guy wearing a Bell Witch hoodie and a, <laughs> and a hat with some weird, super bright sticker on the front, that was me. Oh, bless you. I love hats. I think they're cool. It's really hard for me to find hats that, that look good and fit. I've got a tiny head and a very small face, but fucking massive hair. So yeah. it just looks weird. See, I thought I've got quite a small head. When I bought that hat, I was thinking, shit, maybe my head's bigger than I thought it was. But then, but the fact that I was still able to buy a child's hat and it still fit on my head shows that I do actually, in fact, have a small head. I have a very small... My, my, my ears are fucking tiny. Like, they're, they're honestly, like, Sham only noticed them the other day. They're, like, really small. They're small, yeah. They're, I have just a small skull, like a mouse, hidden underneath layers of brush. Anyway, um, <laughs> 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 enough of that. So, yeah, Vaconis, I think, you know, these guys 
I think they're going to probably get even bigger than they're doing. They're going to do really well. I can't wait to see what shows they're going to play if they're going to come over here. Maybe yeah, in like I, two years or something. Yeah, I mean, like when when everything comes back and your know, fingers crossed that it's sooner rather than later, as as long as it's safe. Um, I think um, I would love to see this group live because I think you know this would be such a fucking vibe at a festival in the summer. They'd Just, be so good at Dinner Jam, yeah. and they'd be great at Hellfest if they're not already playing. I'm sure yeah. they are. Yeah. Probably. I mean, Hellfest like, books. Just any every band, every band plays Hellfest. <laughs> every band every, that's uh, good. I yeah. want to play Hellfest, and we're a Hellfest. We're a band. Book us, <laughs> book us both. Oh, how gutted was it missing that lineup though? Oh, that was such a good. I don't know if it so, still rolled over. I was right, so excited. Honestly, that like, the yeah. most excited I've been about Hellfest in years. It was the perfect lineup for me. Yeah, it was amazing. Like yeah. even like the main made stage bands where you had System, and it was oh, just like I was. I've, always wanted to see them live like yeah. so they're one of my just they're my gateway band so yeah yeah upset i'm really upset about that i bloody hope they do roll it over i mean they're state funded so i know they're not going to go bust yeah which is good and that's Amazing. silver lining at least imagine if we had that here oh so um what's the um magnus Lindbergh? is that the guy from of luna yeah he mastered this album as oh, well yeah so. Awesome. And I think, yeah. Album mastering twins. <laughs> and I think, you know, like it sounds great as well. I think the album just sounds really, really good. Like I love the production and everything gets a chance to shine. There's a few moments where I think the bass comes through quite well as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, I think the vocals are quite a focal point on this album, just with how varied they are. And um, and some of the choruses are really catchy. Like I was saying, the track. It's unfeminine um, as hell. This Black album. and Wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just super like, yeah. I mean, are we, because... Um, just to give a bit of context, we were going to do a double episode. Yeah. So we, um, but we were too tired. So we've listened <laughs> to these albums probably a good three weeks ago it, now. It's three or four weeks. It's actually yeah. a while back. Yeah. Because yeah, we have been mad busy with like moving and It was like shit. the week this album came out, we were like, yeah, we're going to be so like on the pulse. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't on the pulse. But it was interesting because obviously it's been a bit of time since I've revisited it and sort of second time around, I just kind of enjoyed it a lot more. It was think- a lot better the second time, but I, I was not expecting that because it was already really good. Yeah, because like first time I was like impressed and I was just like, but I was almost a little bit taken aback by how I kind of like. It was surprising. Yeah, there's like yeah. There's so much going on because it, 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 it kind of came out of left field. I was a bit blindsided by it. When the vocal, like the growled vocals came out, I was like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. am I listening to the right album? Yeah. And then like, you know, the Mellotron, there's bits with the effects that are really cool because a lot of the time I feel like people get kind of obsessed with effects and pedals and things They're like, oh, it's just a thing. It's like a kind of part of the culture of this kind of music. And it's fun and it's great, but they actually use them really well. Yeah. Like there's some really interesting use of effects in this album and Simps, of course, and, and Mellotron and maybe not Simps, Mellotron. The organ's just fucking beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Just such a good, such a good instrument, isn't it? Just always sounds so fucking sick. I mean, Atomic Rooster like pioneered that. Well, they yeah. didn't pioneer it, but for me, they pioneered it. Yeah. In terms of my taste, they pioneered it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I think one of the things I want to say about this album is what's interesting is the last two tracks tend to be a bit longer. I think the last track, Hollow Waters, is uh, about 12 minutes long. So it's like, um, and I think it's always a sign of how, sort of how good songwriters, a band or a group are by how they can still kind of maintain your attention. Because I didn't yeah. realize it was 13 minutes Damn. until, like, you know, if we're comparing it to YAE, like, you yeah, know, you like, I don't mean this as a, as a diss, but like it felt as long as it was. Like, you know, in this in the sense that, you know, but what I'm trying to say is it was a journey <laughs> <laughs> and time didn't pass too quickly while listening to those tracks. But that's because I was quite immersed in it. 
<laughs> oh, God, have you got a shovel so I can dig myself out of this hole? But, um, but no, I think it's because that kind of lens. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to attempt this. I'm going to attempt to get out of this. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going all in. <laughs> so basically, like, because this music is more accessible, this album, like, and it's, it's almost like because it's now nah, I've, I've lost it. <laughs> I give up. You I give tried. Up. Yeah, you I, tried. I gave it a shot. You did a good job. Yeah. yeah no, nah, fuck it. There's no point trying to salvage that one. I think we'll leave that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing use of words. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, this album's fucking great. And if the guys are watching, you did an incredible job. Congratulations. It's a beautiful album. It's got beautiful artwork. I think it's going to take take them really far. I think so. And I think you know, and I, I've been. I enjoyed all three releases. Yeah, week. me too. It was it was a good solid week. And to be fair, we only really in review music we enjoy because I, I don't. Why, really... why review something you're just going to take the piss out of? Really? Exactly. Yeah. But you know, it's like I don't see the point in being overly negative about something that I that I personally don't like. I mean, what is there to gain from doing that? You know? Yeah. So. I mean, I may have said some neg- negative stuff this week, but I wouldn't have put it in unless I liked it. Yeah. You know, like it's just music art is like that. It's it's not black and white. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's a big grey world out there. Big old grey world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank thank you, everyone. Should we leave it there? Do you want to leave it I think so. I think that, that wraps up quite nicely. Hell yeah. Um, thank you so much for watching. Feel free to like and subscribe. If you disagree or agree, let us know. Feel free to suggest any bands for us to review, and we will get on that shit. Thank you for watching and listening. Until next time. Yeah.